But no, I had thoughts of like um, doing another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, we're calling it Grown Man Universe. <laughs> okay. Where we just talk about like topics about like just grown manness. Yeah, just grown shit. Yeah, just real masculine man shit uh-huh. that a lot of motherfuckers <laughs> are fucking up at. You know what I mean? And it just be some super, super dude shit. Uh, like, dude shit. Yeah. Like, dating, whatever the fuck. Dealing Women with, would hate we, us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We would get hated so heavy. And we would be so fucking popular. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> like, to, I mean, we talk about a lot of this shit. Right, right. Anyway. Yeah, we just don't put it on wax. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Exactly, mundo. Yeah, we don't put it on wax. It gets it gets dicey when right, you put it right, on wax. Right, right, real dicey. But uh, yeah. oh man, <laughs> like my wife would hear. She would listen to that one. She would love it, and she would go in on me every time. I y'all need a woman's perspective. No, we don't. Nope. Actually, that is the whole reason. It's called Grown Man Universe. <laughs> Yeah. You want you want some female perspective? Y'all just gonna have to yell at your phone or your podcast <laughs> app. <laughs> we don't want to hear it, right? <laughs> Man, and you know what? This is what gave me the funny the idea to do this shit, right? I was thinking about this scenario that I had in high school where I really fucked up at and got played, but I, it didn't hit me till recently. Mm-hmm. So when I was in twelfth grade, I was dating this chick. I can't say her name. You know what I'm right. saying? But she was like class president, mm-hmm. uh, uh, captain of one of the maybe three or four more most popular chicks in school, right? right. And so, um, but I was really popular too. You know okay. what I'm saying? Not to take that away from myself, but right. um, I remember she dumped me right before prom. Mm. But she was like, yeah, we still should go to the prom together. What? And I said, okay. You said, okay. Oh. Let me tell you, man. Played, played. <laughs> played, played myself. Played so much. But see, I didn't know. Mm. No one had schooled me back then. Because see, I was just like, well, I have already bought the ticket. Right. So we might as well. <sighs> the suit's already reserved. We're friends. Yeah. <laughs> But see, in my little young 17-year-old mind, I thought that's what I had to do to get her back. Maybe nah, she bruh. was <laughs> <laughs> She saw you coming. She saw me coming. She got me. She got me. She was well advanced. And uh, she saw you a mile away, dog. Got me. Got me. But so let me tell you why this is even more uh, fucked up. Uh-huh. Why I needed uh grown man tutelage in this <laughs> scenario. Because Okay, she jumped me maybe a couple weeks for the prom. I was bouncing back. Uh, I had met another girl that I liked. Uh, um, but it was a real shy girl, real quiet. Uh-huh. No one really, she was like one of those girls who don't look good until her senior year. Right. And right. she's senior year, everybody's like, damn. Is that? <laughs> right, right. She was fine, man. So she came back, she was banging, no one was hollering. And so I was like, yo, I remember hollering at her after I got dumped. I was trying to bounce back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went over her house once. We was hanging out. And she was like, yeah, well, what's up with blah, 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 old girl? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, I'm not with her. She dumped me. Why are you even bringing that up? Right. But but here's here's why it, it was why I failed again. See, she wanted reassurance that I wasn't trying to get back with that girl. Oh, and then you went My to the prom My dumb ass was going to the prom with her. <laughs> Not a good look. Oh, come on, man. <sighs> Ticket ain't have her name on it. You know what I'm saying? Bruh. Uh, see, see, this was me being uh, being a nice guy. Molded into being the beta male. Mm-hmm. That I, you know, that's really, you know, this is what happens. It starts really young. Yes. And you get the, you don't have an older guy to put that real game right. into you, that real right. alpha shit into you. And you just end up fucking up yeah i was a nice guy too oh. i was a nice guy in high school see see the power move mm. would have been to say oh ex-girlfriend oh you don't want me i'll go to the prom with another girl right or to see e- you there <laughs> <laughs> or to even have more finesse and not say anything just say you know what i'm not gonna go right then show up yes with the new, new piece on your arm because then i could have said hey 
I'm not talking to her anymore. We're, right. we're not serious. How about you and I go to the prom? Right. I'll show you. Right. My dumb 17 year old ass fumbled the whole oh, yeah. thing. Ended yeah. up losing the other girl. You lost both. Yeah. Empty. He was he was he was on E. He was on E. <laughs> back to back L's. Stable, Hillary Clinton style. Stable empty. Meek Mill. Back to back L's. Back to back. <laughs> back to back. I got gaffled. I should have known. But see, no one took me to the side. I'm sure if I would have brung up this scenario to an older head then. Right. They would have said, Young blood. <laughs> Listen here, young blood. Listen here. Listen here. Come on. Come on. Come here. Come on, young player. Let me tell you something. <laughs> what you ain't going to do is you ain't going to take. First of all, you ain't going to no prime in the bitch you ain't fucking. First of all, young blood. That's, that's what you're not going to do around here, bro. Is she giving up the push? She giving up the push, partner? Oh, you mean you're not even fucking? Oh, wait. She dumped you six months ago? Mm. Listen here, player. You better not do that. I'm gonna slap the shit out of your young ass. <laughs> what should I do, OG? Okay, this is what you do. You see, you got your little, another little tender over there? Mm. Okay, you hold up that tender, you use that tender, and you take her to the prom. Mm. Then you might get your dick wet, you little man. <laughs> no one took me, no one told me. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just sitting there, just uh, sucker. Yeah. Sucker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I look back now and I think, wow. Yeah. What if we would have had somebody to talk that talk back then? See, it's wild because like listening to my kids talk about girls, they heartless, dog. Like yeah. they have no cooth. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. and and sometimes it makes me proud, but sometimes it makes me like, damn, y'all really gonna be out here like this. Yeah. Like I had my what's crazy is I had many moments in high school where I was like that. Mm-hmm. I'd say I was 75, 25. Uh, where I just didn't care. And right. I would be on but it was usually the moments where I didn't care was because I had the OGs right. giving me guidance right. on how to play it. You know? Right. And uh the moments where I just fell to the wayside was me trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, man. And just having sucker attacks. I, 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 yeah, my kids are funny. Like, we was talking the other night, and it was like, yeah, um, they was talking about some girl. Yeah. And then my youngest was like, yeah, she a baton. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, she did, she get passed around? <laughs> she get passed around the track, dad. I was like, oh. Me and Taylor looked at each other like, Hell that no. is, that's a good one. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, at their age, if they know, right. then, yeah, she's definitely a baton. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know if we had a name for them back then nah, like that. It nah. wasn't creative. We knew. Yeah. We just called them fast. Right. Fast girls. Yeah, she's fast. Right. Stay away from her. She she advanced. <laughs> she too advanced. Yeah, she too advanced. <laughs> so yeah, we'll have to do that podcast, man. Yeah. Make your wife hate us. Yeah. All women. All women will hate us. Man universe. <laughs> I like. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. This ain't gonna be the intro, right? I don't know. It might be. <laughs> Shit. Yo, dope shit. Did you see that uh, uh, Radiohead's coming in July? No, I didn't know that. Radiohead. I won't be here. Oh, yes, right. You're going to be on a roll. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> all the times. Ah. <laughs> of all the times ah. to be on the road. I've been home for three years straight. Right. <laughs> Where the fuck was they at? July 23rd, dog. That's bullshit. July 23rd. That is bullshit. At the shot, Radiohead. That's bullshit. Just announced today. Tickets go on sale Friday. Fuck this. <laughs> you might have to fly back in town. That shit ain't cool, man. That's just not cool. Yeah, man. That's like the last week of, well, I, I have two weeks left for tour. But yeah, I'll be in the Midwest, but I won't be here. Yeah, man. Grimy. I'm going. I know you are. <laughs> Asshole, I'm definitely going. Me and the wife are going. That's a date night. Asshole, man. Yeah, I might, I might get, I might, I might get good tickets for that one. Mm. So I can, get, I can get see some, see some closeness, closeness. You just making me feel worse and worse. Huh? I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Damn. Uh, I didn't. I forgot that you was gonna be gone. Yeah, you gonna be gone. Of course. Yeah. <sighs> of all the concerts, <laughs> there's been so many shitty concerts. Yeah. Of all the concerts. Yeah, one that you would actually put money down on. You know, I would pay for a good ticket. <laughs> oh yeah, good ticket. Uh, yes, yes. Dog, I'd buy well in advance. Well in advance. Like I might spring this weekend. I'm sick. Yeah. Mm, I've seen them once before. Oh, word. See, I haven't seen them. But that was like 2003, mm. 2004. Mm. It's been a long time. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a few. It's been many good records since then. Yeah. <laughs> 
a lot of songs I like have been released since then that I would like to sing along with. Yes, yes, very much so. Salty. Okay, yeah, shows. Shows. We're going to talk about that today. We are. Speaking of. Speaking of, Segway. Segway, that was pretty slick. Yeah, Yeah, you know. You set them up, I knock them down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we got a call uh, that was from our guy, Brulee. Shout out to Brulee. Word, spitball crew. Yep, yep, 614, Bus Town represent. Uh, he left a message on on the uh, we're gonna call it the Super Duty Hotline now. <laughs> Word. <laughs> he left a message on the Super Duty Hotline, and his uh, question was about uh, shows mm-hmm. and our favorite shows that we've seen and the favorite shows that we've actually played. And so uh, this episode, we want to talk about uh, not we're gonna talk about our favorite shows, mm-hmm. but we specifically want to talk about like what makes a show special yeah and the goal of this episode is to kind of iron out like what makes a show special or performance special so that everyone listening can know whether you are an artist visual artist performer whatever how to use these traits to your advantage because there's certain things that when we talk about a show we've seen or you talk about a show that sticks in your mind there's a lot of traits that are common among them and so we're going to talk about all those common traits that make a show special today. And uh, we're going to talk about our favorite moments mm-hmm. and, and the favorite things we've seen. And then from there, you know, hopefully we'll put this thing together. Right. And you can take this shit and flip it and bounce it. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And uh, we can do some fly shit. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be right back. Right. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous. You heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man, I Ideas for all those who care and want to grow so go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode you're not alone in this world cousin so we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to they spread gossip but they never come close to i can hear it inside their tone they talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole net work against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you you are now listening to super duty tough work with your host blueprint raw and uncut Adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Hey, yo, what up? It's Brulee, big fan of Super Duty. I had a two-part question for both the Logic and Blueprint. I know you guys have been in a lot of shows performing. What shows were your favorite shows? And what shows were you not performing at that you got really inspired or were your favorite shows or something about those shows like what any genre or whatever like what what did you get from a show that you know made you feel good or go to the lab or you know whatever inspire you peace peace guys word word uh, brood lee shout out to our brother brew word columbus representative mm. oh <laughs> brew <laughs> says you don't know dude <laughs> Oh, bro. Yeah, that's my guy right there. So, yeah, we're talking about what makes a show special today. And, uh, you know, that's the call. So we're going to expand on that, man. We got like eight traits that make a show special that we, you should pay particularly att- particular attention to. And the first one, which is something that we just touched on before this commercial break. <laughs> right. Is the performer. Yes. Who the performer is by itself (laughs) is sometimes capable of making a show special yes before they've touched the stage Mm -hmm. before you bought your ticket Mm -hmm. before you've entered the venue yes you already know it's on it's going down it's going down (laughs) it's going down it's gonna be a great night right and um man radiohead Right. Just saying the name. You know what I mean? Y'all know I'm a fan. Right. I only have maybe five bands that I'm a legit fan about. Right. 
hardcore right where i know all their albums and shit and radiohead is one of them yes and so one of my favorite show moments mm. is seeing radiohead live okay and uh we were it was my first time in europe in 2003 oh so you've seen them in europe yes oh, okay yes yeah, it was that's... called the holtzfred festival i think we okay were somewhere i think it was in norway and this was when i was out there with atmosphere mr dib summer mm-hmm. 2003 yeah. and uh we had played the festival earlier that day, which was a crazy story in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And then, um, which I will tell later. But then that night, they were like, Radiohead is like playing. And this was right after that All Hail the Thief, I think, came oh, out. Oh, okay. Right after that came out. I like that That album. summer. Yeah. And uh, I didn't, I was a fan, but I didn't even know much about them visually or their. Oh, yeah. So I was just becoming a super fan of them. And that record had just come out and I loved it. We were riding around bumping it. And uh, there were like 150,000 people there. Mm. And what's crazy is like, it was me, Jay Bird, Slug, Dibs. And that was really it. And and 150,000 motherfuckers. And we got lost. Like, this was before cell phones. Oh, okay. So I didn't know where nobody was at. <laughs> I was just like, yo, we'll see you guys back at the thing after right. the festival is over, whatever. And uh, I'm watching the show, which is amazing. And this is the first time I've ever seen like the big like jumbotron screens. Mm-hmm. So you imagine people are waving these giant 50 foot flags and shit side to side. It's just, it's, it's insane. Mm. It's insane. That sounds crazy. I never saw any shit like that. It's like these big ass fucking monitors, like every 300 or 500 yards, mm-hmm. there's like a big like the size of my house a screen okay right you can watch it there so it feels a little closer and i'm thinking man this is incredible i don't know where anybody is at (laughs) that i came here with right i'm gonna be fucked up after this over i don't know where i'm going i look over to my left and fucking jaybird is standing right next to me uh had no idea i was there right out of all this 150,000 people dude yeah i'm standing right next to this motherfucker didn't even know Wow, like we crazy. saw each other we hugged we were so happy it was like we was like little kids who found their parents <laughs> you know you get lost at the park but uh that show will always go down as one of my favorite shows to watch because it was also the first time i saw someone play like two and a half hours two hours two and a half hours and it just be joints mm-hmm. not bullshit. song after song right it wasn't just improv, arrangements no jam band shit yeah it was like oh they're playing like <laughs> hit after hit after yes. hit and uh, with the flags and, and seeing it in a, in a different place, it, all of that shit added up. That was one of my favorite things. But it started with Radiohead having just dropped that record like a week before mm-hmm. and then headlining that festival and us being over there playing, having to be there. And I didn't even have to pay for it, which right. is even the dopest part. Right, right. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty big. Mine would have to be seeing Sade. Sade. That's your girl, mm, man, man, man. <laughs> I was there with my wife too, and she yeah. she's smacking me in the back of the head every time. She <laughs> he's looking too hard. Dog, I was looking hard, hard. <laughs> yeah, man, and I mean, and again, like like you said, like she played. I think she played because it was right after her last record came out, the um, the Soldier of Love yeah. record. Man, joints. Yeah, like she's got hits now. Man, come on. Oh yeah, she got nothing but hits. Not really, she plays hits. her. If she plays her set, it's pretty much. <sighs> Man, and I mean, she played some of the new songs, and I had to, I had the new record too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Towards the end, but like probably about an hour, hour and a half set. Yeah, looking like you know outfit changes. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh man, I'm sure she was looking right. dog, dog. <laughs> she was looking scrumptious. She was looking great. But it was just it was just amazing <laughs> to hear the music, and also you know the visuals was great. And John Legend opened. Oh yeah, that's a banger. <laughs> That's a banger. That's back to back. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a show, dog. Because he's was, got joints too. Oh, joints. Yeah, he's yeah. Got John Legend it. and he's Ohio native. Yeah, Dayton. Yeah, not mad at it. Was you at the show we played with his brother? No, I didn't know he. I didn't know he had a brother. He's that, got a brother that can sing his ass off. Where sounds just like him. Uh, can actually sing. Well, a I know they got. Better. I know their whole family like they because yeah. they they had a choir and you know singing in church back in the day. So I know his yeah. family is like crazy. Well, maybe it wasn't you. It, it was me and Groove playing at some weird little festival it was like some weird weed themed festival we got booked at mm. in like 08 or 09 2010 maybe and we were down in the middle of nowhere in Ohio it was like a city I've never even been to okay. you know like if someone said oh you can play Coshocton right <laughs> right right, right. Like, alright I guess if y'all gonna pay us whatever you know but at that show 
his brother was one of the opening act john legend's little brother wow he can sing his ass off yeah that's not surprising looks a lot like him uh-huh. sounds like a notch better than him wow and john legend can sing yeah yeah <laughs> mm. look yeah yeah but no that's a powerful combo man yeah man it's a yeah. great fucking show but sometimes like we're saying who it is mm-hmm. that's all it is they really can't do no wrong no no you no. know what i'm saying like you say like I'm going to see Sade. Yeah, that's all you need to say. You know, it's like <laughs> saying like I'm going to a Prince concert. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's that's it. Yeah. Where is it at? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to see Prince. Yeah, we get the tickets, then I'll get the day off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, we right. Get the tickets first. Right, right. Yeah, man, it's one of those. Yeah, man, and I think we all have those people. And oh, so, yeah. like you know, for us, it's like. Even though we are performers, we have those groups. Oh yeah, you know where we're like, "Hey, I'm a fan." Oh now. yes, I get the fan out. Yes, you know, and it's like we were talking. In a, I was talking to somebody about getting to catch you the other day, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Yeah, this is the first time I actually got to watch Illogic play a real set. We mm-hmm. had a DJ, and he was taking his time, and it was like a real set. <laughs> I was singing along." <laughs> I was having my moment like oh yeah I'm hearing beats that I forgot I did <laughs> that's dope and they're banging I'm like right. this is dope right wow I missed this <laughs> that's dope that's the shit when you just when you forget yeah like you did I wish he would make me and I was like holy shit like this shit sounds yeah <laughs> this beat is fucking amazing completely completely forgot the beat yeah just until it played and I didn't even know the changes it was gonna do right it was like a new song to me that's dope but then it was like it was like a, a good old friend, you right. know what I'm saying? That you ain't seen in a while. Right. You're like, oh yeah, this is why you was the dog. This is why you was my people. <laughs> you are the shit. That's how it was. It was like reuniting with an old friend, That's hearing dope. some of those beats and, and the songs. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. You know. And then being it was such an intimate setting too, just being right in the front and moving. Mm-hmm. It was dope. Yeah. It was dope. But yeah, we got those moments, man. So that's trait number one. Yeah the performer so what does this mean if you are a a performer out there it means that your goal sometimes is to make an impact long before people show up right right see the reason that we get so excited about these people sight unseen Mm -hmm. before we even get to the venue is that they've done such a great job before they even step on stage Mm -hmm. by making great catalogs of music that the work is already done. Yeah, we just want to come there and celebrate that music with them. Right, and and it's the it's 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 interesting too. Like when people create a history of doing dope shit. Like you know, like I I'm I'm a big fan of Atmosphere. I haven't heard a lot of their newer records. Yeah, but if I go to an Atmosphere show. I'm I'm fanning out just because I love I slug is my dude. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm an atmosphere fan. I love seeing them rock live. I love seeing Ali rock live. Like a lot of a lot of the people that I'm friends with, like I love seeing you rock live. When I'm when we're on tour, yeah, dog. Like every set, I know what the set is, but I am singing along like, <laughs> like it's the first time. Yeah, you know, like I love that shit. Nah, that's dope. That's dope. So so keep in mind to make an impact. In a performance setting, sometimes your reputation does the heavy lifting before you right. even have to. And it right. does it for you. So always keep that in mind. So we're going to move on to trait number two about what makes a show special. Mm-hmm. And that is the actual performance. Yes. Now, sometimes a person's reputation, maybe it doesn't precede them. Right. Maybe you go to a venue and you don't know who the openers are. Mm-hmm. Maybe you go to a venue because your friend invited you out. And they told you the band was good, but you didn't know. You didn't do your research. Mm -hmm. And you show up and this performance you see just blows you the fuck away. Mm -hmm. And because you had no expectations going in, you were able to say that was a fucking great performance. Because, you know, obviously, if we know your music, it's going to sound dope to us regardless. (laughs) Right, right, right. Right? Like if we know the song and love the song, you almost can't fuck it up. Mm -hmm. But for a new performer and being a new artist to someone the performance itself is some shit that will just blow you away and can make it something where you just never forget it. Mm -hmm. You know, I've had bands here in Columbus. You know what I think about? I think about the first time we went to Dayton and we played with Bob Daddy Shabazz. Bob Daddy Shabazz. Man, listen. That was one of those performances. (laughs) And it was like, what, like, 
10 people there max yeah yeah 10 people max there small little venue yeah. like the size of my kitchen it's and like shit. a coffee shop or yeah something. like a coffee shop size and by daddy shabazz put on one of the most incredible solo performances we had ever seen by himself by himself just it was everything it was energetic it was thoughtful it was like bizarre right like only he can be abstract conventional rah-rah buster rhymes sometimes he like and just like and it was some gymnastic shit he was right. on some physical dexterity shit just like where you're like how the fuck <laughs> and he went he rocked for at least 30 45 minutes yeah alone <sighs> joints and song see, after song song after song yeah. and, and, and i know you and i left there like yo <laughs> we gotta step up right because this was in our early days of performing right, right. we would just play the beat and just be mad hyped jumping around right but we didn't have what he had and it really kind of opened our eyes that yo performance alone can do so much for you mm -hmm. especially when people don't know your your material going into it right and uh he showed me that yeah i mean i I remember seeing Spirit for the first time. Oh yeah! As a group, I mean, they were they were so un. It was almost like watching like like armies like an army march. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like the movements, and they were so in sync, and the backups, and it was like what like eight of them. Yep. <laughs> like it seemed like it was eight of them on stage. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they were just so polished, and you could tell that they practice. I mean, just and that's when I was in the third. So that's when we saw them, and we like, yo, we gotta practice. We gotta step our because we were a group. You know what I'm saying? We gotta step our shit up, and that's what we wanted to be. I mean, even us. Yeah. You know, when we started doing the shit, man, spirit was that was like the goal. That was the bar. Yeah, that was the bar. They set the bar in Columbus, and and if you were performing, this was probably, I think I saw them for the first time, maybe 95, mm -hmm. either 94, 95 at the Columbus Expo. Yeah, at the Expo. Did. Yep. And I was just blown away too. That was actually my first rap show. Huh. The Columbus Expo was my first rap show I ever saw. That's dope. <laughs> so, like, my introduction to rap is so backwards, mm -hmm. whereas most people go see it in this big, giant thing, right. and then they go down to the small rooms. Oh, that was intimate. That was different. Mine was completely different. Mm -hmm. It was like, I start with the local shit. Mm -hmm. It was going to see legendary local shit, then being inspired to do it, then getting to see big acts right. but by then it was like yo i understood like you're saying by seeing spirit by seeing by daddy shabazz that yo you have to really really put your time into the performance yes you never know who you're going to be in front of but to have you have to have consistent energy and that's what we saw we mm -hmm. saw guys who they weren't doing it for no fucking cameras wasn't no cameras no, oh, then. No. no you know what i'm saying wasn't no, no youtube then it was like you had to wreck that fucking room right and they did it every oh, time man it was so beautiful to it's watch like them. you're saying so coordinated they were well rehearsed yeah they played the right songs they played yeah. the right songs in the right order mm -hmm. they started strong they ended strong yeah. all the rules that we have now right they were doing them. oh yeah they were doing it back then you know they they uh they played off of one another well mm -hmm. they balanced the stage well they yeah. sounded good yeah they had their own cordless mics this was in like 94 95 <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, yep. we still don't have our own cordless mics <laughs> right you right. know what I'm saying right. and uh, they did it man and that was uh, you know performance man so so what this means is that if you are a performer and you are you're thinking about performing maybe no one knows you right maybe your reputation doesn't precede you but never underestimate the power of performance the kind of performance you put on can make or break you yeah definitely make or break you like there's even if you have friends that know you never assume that everyone in the room knows you oh yeah you know like go into every performance like my job is to win people over yeah i think that every time yep even those who already know me my job mm -hmm. is to win them over again right right and that will stop you from ever being uh jaded about it or just like you know what i'm saying like, yeah, like just, lazy yeah whatever going through the motions yeah. nah man performance is one of the most important factors in what makes a show special yeah that's number two number two okay so we'll do number three yeah Number three thing that makes a show special is the location. Location. Location, location, location. Number yeah. one rule of real estate and business is also the number <laughs> uh, three rule of what makes a show special. Right. And so uh, what do we mean by this? This is this is basically where the show takes place. So whether that's in a, a venue, whether that's in a fucking barn yeah. whether that's in a fucking backyard yeah. someone's kitchen their basement we've done all of them <laughs> yeah yes with varying levels of success right you know right. Uh, whether that's an amphitheater where it takes place is a trait that can make a show special i mean for the wrong reason but the right reason so like 
I remember there was a time we did, we used to do Carbondale a lot. Yeah. Remember yeah. that time? We, mm-hmm. we would be down there, and, and me and Groove been there dozens of times. This was all in like a three year period. We were there mm-hmm. mad times. Yeah. One of the dopest memories I have of that is like us doing this house party after a show. Mm-hmm. So, where everybody from the show went and we did this house party, but it was in this basement. Mm-hmm. And I was, this was during the time when we were doing So What Wednesdays. So, I would just be doing the same thing as So What right, Wednesdays, right. you know, hosting and on the mic and shit. And this ceiling was about, six foot two mm. like i'm six foot yeah there was literally no room above me in this motherfucker man but motherfuckers were in there hot and sweaty till like five o'clock in the morning mm. the show ended at like 12 mm. and it, the sun was coming up that's dope one of my dopest memories of just because it was so unexpected it, it was like we were just gonna go there for a minute pop in pop out mm-hmm. but it was so cracking it's like nah bro we gotta stay yeah Yeah. i want to be a part of this and Mm -hmm. and that the same thing goes for you so so like if if you have conventional Mm -hmm. venues and you have unconventional venues right and sometimes what makes a show special is being in an unconventional venue whether you you can travel across the fucking state sometimes we see shows in different places like we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago going to Minneapolis and being able to see MF Doom right. uh, play on Saturday and we were at his in-store the night before mm-hmm. and just like we weren't at home it was just bugged out to be like yo that's MF Doom right, right there we're just right. chilling with him <laughs> right right you know because it was all the orphanage and then Doom was there it's like yo and we got to see Aesop and Sage play earlier in that yep, week yep. and it was just like because we were in different venues that we had no familiarity with, it just made the experience that much more special to us. Yeah. And uh, I think venue is is underrated, very underrated, but it's very important. Yeah, I think one of the one of the dopest venues, just because of the time and because of what took place there, was being at Annie's the first time we went to Scribble. Yeah, and just everybody that was there, the atmosphere, you know, it was it just felt so fucking good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like being in there and being part of scribble, you know, being part of something that, you know, I had only heard about, you know what I'm saying? And, but it was so close to home and just being part of it. It was like that. Annie's was always really dope during that scribble time. Oh, hell yeah. I love yeah. that venue. Yeah, man. And, and I might add, we probably could add Bernie's to that list. Oh man. Bernie's of course, because Bernie's is like unconventional in the sense that it's just grimy as fuck. <laughs> grimy. <laughs> It was one of the dirtiest places you ever want to be in where you almost didn't even feel safe to walk into the bathroom to pee because what was on the floor (laughs) could crawl up your legs and infect you with something. It was that dirty. Yeah, but every Sunday, every Sunday we were there. It went down, man. And um, but so so how is this important? If you if you're thinking about where to do an, uh, an event at. I've always found that sometimes it's good to play the different room. Yeah. Sometimes it's good to play the room that every fresh energy, fresh energy, sometimes play a room that's smaller than what you need. Mm-hmm. You know, large touring artists do that all the time. Like we just saw a couple of days ago, what like to live quality played uh, uh, Ace, of Cups. Ace of Cups, which is mm-hmm. a smaller venue here. He probably could have played a bigger room, mm-hmm. but they went, but it obviously it sold out, but they went for the small room here to have that impact. Right. Think about how choosing a specific room can have a different impact on the people you're performing in front of, and you'll probably get a different result. Mm-hmm. People will think, oh, well, shit. You know, I've seen him play in a regular venue with the regular stage 20 times, and that's cool. Right. But God damn it, he played at this house party uh, right after that, yeah. and Fools was standing on the countertops, and he was in the kitchen rhyming on top of the sink, and I'll never forget that. <laughs> right. House parties are always the best. Yeah. I played many a house party, and they're always just so amp you know what i'm saying so so amp yeah remember on uh we had one where we did on um the weight room tour at oklahoma city i don't know if you remember the show the electricity was out when we got there oh yeah one below was with us yeah we showed up at the parking lot of this venue the conservatory or observatory i can't Mm -hmm. remember the name in oklahoma city and uh they had a the parking lot we were just out there waiting yeah like what's going on then they're like oh we had a power outage and there's no power with the building so we don't know if you guys are going to have a show right there was a record store right next door (laughs) so we just said fuck it can we just move we talked to people at the record store because we were over there digging anyway Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah you guys can move the store show over here and we literally moved the show right next door yeah and did it at the record store Dope, on their stage dope shit. And, and i think the people who got to witness that really understood how special that was because there was going to be no show right and because then we had a show in a place that wasn't even supposed to be that it wasn't built for that and even mm-hmm. though the sound wasn't great right i think people appreciated oh yeah that we did that yeah you know Definitely. so uh that's rule number three which is location or venue yeah and uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back <laughs> 
to all the listeners of the Super Duty Tough Work Podcast, this is Blueprint, here to let you know that we finally have our first merchandise item for the podcast. And that merchandise item is the Super Duty Tough Work hoodie. The hoodie comes in a dark heather gray hoodie with light blue print and that hoodie is for sale right now at waitlist.net if you've ever thought how can i support the podcast or how can i support these guys i've learned a lot and i want to i want to rep the squad if you want to rep the squad of those who are informed about super duty tough work go to waitlist.net and pick up your super duty tough work hoodie right now while supplies last don't sleep on this because when they're gone we might do a super duty tough shirt at some point who knows but it's taken us long enough to get the hoodie so my advice to you is to not sleep and if you want to rep the squad and also support the movement financially do that when you order on waitlist.net there will also be some items that will be discounted for those who order the hoodie so for example you might be able to get certain albums uh discounted or you might be able to get like the movie discounted so go to waitlist.net get your order on and we thank you for your support back to the program yeah word y'all know word what makes a dope show what makes a show memorable and special 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 the most infamous Mm -hmm. back again word talking about shows up to number four Mm -hmm. are y'all ready for these bars Okay, the number four thing that makes a show special is the type of event it is. Yeah. Sometimes we've always had this philosophy, you know, within the crew that don't play shows, play events. Right. A show is basically when dudes just get together and play. There's no event. It's not tied to anything larger. There's nothing special about it. It's not like, oh, the first annual blah, blah, blah. Right. Or the anniversary of blah, blah, blah. Or the launch party of this, or the release party of this, mm-hmm. or the it's just I got a band, you got a band, he got a band. Let's play Friday night. Yeah, five dollars at the door. Yeah, that's a show. That's a show, right? And it's it it's cool, but it doesn't give you the same feeling that an event has, mm-hmm. right? So like, if I were to think about my favorite events that I've played, it would probably be like the uh, the done waiting anniversary show I did with Brainbow. Oh, that was a really dope show. And for those who know, Brainbow was like an instrumental rock band here in Columbus. Yeah. Incredible band. I remember the first time I saw them perform. I didn't <gasps> know who they were. And now, man. Make you emotional. God. They were so good. Oh, man. So epic. Oh, man. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy right? good. And so uh, we had did the show. Most people would do shows for this done waiting thing. And they would, they would, they would try to get people to play a song or two together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, Rainbow's gonna play and Blueprint's gonna play. You guys should play a song together maybe in between your sets. Mm-hmm. But when me and Rainbow talked, because we were all guys anyway. Right. Like me and Bob, we were all drinking together and partying together. So we're like, why just do a song? Why don't we just do a whole unique set? Yeah. And so we started like four months early. Did you did y'all videotape that or record it? We recorded it somewhere. Any audio? I don't know. It's all dicey. It's man, all dicey. That was that was. Uh, I was there. And yeah, that, that was fucking epic. Man. Incredible show. Yeah. We practiced for like eight weeks, two to three times a week, mm. and by the time we hit the stage, that shit was fucking so powerful that motherfuckers were just blown the fuck away yeah was. i was blown away even though i was in here i was like yo this is some next level shit yeah and uh but it was an event yeah it wasn't just blueprint and brainbow were gonna play right it was like this is the dunwaiting.com anniversary show which is one of the biggest you know independent music websites in columbus mm-hmm. and they always had a big show and people always did something special so we were able to to, to capitalize on that mm-hmm. plus capitalize on what we added to it which was being dope and doing something very unique a one time only show yeah. and um, man the event sometimes it, it's better to lean on the event than the show itself if you All can right. and so strive to play shows I'm sorry strive to play events not shows you know I definitely agree man that just I, you, you got me thinking about that <laughs> I'm like I'm mad that I can't listen to that you know yeah. what I'm saying again um but yeah just like I mean like the the different festivals that we played yeah. you know like going back to the um expo when we the first year we did the expo yeah yeah we murdered that we destroyed 
destruction. <laughs> we got the videotapes of that. We destruction. Yeah. You know, like just and even like being a witness to some of the performances. The first time seeing Spitball perform yeah. all together. You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 just different events and different different things that we've been a part of that that are like etched in my brain you know yeah man or even we can go recently to, to playing uh the idea anniversary oh yeah uh two years ago that was amazing yeah that was just just a watch let alone be a part of right like i would have wanted to be there anyway right and it was dope because it was like i wasn't on tour then so it worked out and you were in there and, we did, and she asked us to play together and yeah. it was like this is dope yeah it was real dope. this is dope it's just a good day an event you want to be a part of and it makes it not so much about you right but it does make it more memorable in the minds of the people who are watching right you know, i mean that joint sold out before door like doors yeah, before yeah, doors yeah. yeah it was sold out like as soon as doors opened it was packed it was over yeah it was wrapped beautiful oh, beautiful and so like the, the the thing to take away from this is that if you have the ability choose to play an event not a show mm-hmm. if you don't have that create an event yes make it an event yeah find some kind of way to make what you're doing special because if you don't it it has a less of a chance of becoming special in the minds of those who are observing. Yeah, they won't remember that. Right. If it's not special to you, why should it be special to them? Word. So we're gonna move on to number five. Yeah. And this is a touchy one. Yeah, it is. Because <laughs> this is one you cannot control. Yes, yes. We can't. We cannot control this one. Right, right. But uh the the number five thing that makes a show special, at least in our opinion, is the crowd. Mm-hmm. Now, some people in the crowd are like <gasps> What do you mean? Right. I have something to do with that. Well, look, if we tell you that as performers, different cities have different crowds and different energies and the different crowds and the different energies they bring to the table have a large impact on the show you see. Yes. You would be shocked. But it's the fucking truth. Definitely the truth. It's the fucking truth. You can go to one city and you can have a half-ass performance. Maybe you're sick or you're tired. You've been mm-hmm. driving 12 hours and you just, it's one of those get out the van, get on stage kind of shows right. where you don't even get to take a nap. And uh, you could be worn out, but the crowd's energy will be so dope right. that they will almost will you into having a yes. better performance. Yes, been been there. Right. Been there. And then there's cities where you will come out so amped. <laughs> they don't give a fuck. Uh, they don't give a fuck. They'll be looking at you like, what else you got? Right. You will basically be killing yourself up there. Giving, Sweating. Yes. Losing your voice. Jumping, losing your voice. <laughs> trying to get them involved. Right. Pleading, cajoling, everything. Please move up to the front. Yes, please. <laughs> when I say, could you please say this thing, this call and response thing? When I say this, could you just please say that? <sighs> and they won't do none of that right, shit. None. They, they are. They will be the stiffest deadest crowd ever and a lot of performers don't want to admit it but that shit fucks with you hell yeah it fucks with that you. shit bothers you man yeah because if you feel like it's you yeah it's like it's your fault <laughs> yeah do i suck <laughs> right the irony is that the fans in those places will tell you after the show sorry man we suck right right <laughs> that was a dope show though right great. you the, killed, the, it. You killed it you killed it the <laughs> crowd was horrible but you killed it it's like yo i did not feel like that no you think they hate you oh yeah until you get off stage and you talk to him like you said it's it's, it's, it's that's a weird one it's very weird that is the weirdest <laughs> shit because it happens a lot there's certain places that you know because my fans a lot of my fans are just are weird anyway cerebral yeah like mad cerebral dudes <laughs> so they will not you know like they'll barely bob their head with you yeah. know like i've had i've gotten used to cats just staring at me when i'm performing <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I've gotten used to it. So, you know, but back in the day, I didn't understand that. Yeah. I was like, I am up here sweat because that back then I was taking my shirt off. You know what I'm saying? I was rocking and in, in, in fucking wife beaters and shit. I like, remember that era. Skinny like, logic era. Yeah, like I was sweating mm-hmm. up a fucking storm. Yeah. And it's like, you just staring the fuck at me and they ain't going to tell me how dope my show was. Yeah. Nah, bro. Like, why can't you tell me that when I was up there? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Trying that, to mosh pit. None of that. You backing up. None you of know that. what I'm saying? None of that. Nope. Nope. Or you like you're saying, they might not even be near the stage at all. Right. Might be damn near at the bar. Yeah. As far away from the stage as they can get. And then sometimes that shit fucks with you and it can make you like it can make a performer cut his set short. Yeah. It can make him, you know, disengage with the crowd even more. Right. But it's hard to see that. Your instinct is to try to win them over. Right. But if you feel like you can't win them over, then you're just going to say, okay, let me just get through this then. Yeah. Let me just do what I'm supposed to do. 
uh, because they clearly aren't here for me. And it's a shame, but I think that most people don't understand that they are the special sauce right. in the show. Right. I don't think they get it. They're like, I come to watch you, mm-hmm. but you're like, yo, this is a collaborative thing. Right. Because the more you give, the more I give. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's been times when I've played an hour 45. I mean, you saw it even on like, the, like that uh, uh, Greenhouse story did. Mm-hmm. They were nice. I was playing an hour and a half, two hours. Right. And the last 30 minutes would all just be me filling it just because. Yeah. Requests. People, yeah, requests. People was rocking with me the whole time. No one left and they were giving me energy. It wasn't the size of them. Mm-hmm. It was that they were with it and they were giving me energy and they were participating, which encouraged me to give more on my end. Yeah. So don't underestimate yourself right. as like one of the things that makes a show special. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like you as the fan, you as a ticket buying public, you get to make a show special by the energy you give. Mm-hmm. Now, by the same token, you can ruin a show. You definitely can. With the wrong energy. Like there's been shows where it was a nice sized crowd and we've cut the set short because the crowd sucks. Or yes. there's been shows where it's been small crowd and we yep. still rock for an hour. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Straight so up. It's, it, you can definitely fuck up a show. Yeah, man. So, yeah, that's uh, number five, which is the crowd. crowd. Okay, so we're going to do number six. Yeah. The number six thing that makes a show special is the songs played. Joints. The material. Joints. You got to do the right material. You got to do the right songs. The, the worst show experiences I have with artists that I really like are when I go and they don't play none of their songs, none of their hits. None of their hits. And I just think to myself, Why? What are you trying to prove? Look, I've made the same mistake. Mm. I've went through my rebellious period where I was my fuck my own catalog period. Right. I didn't want to hear none of the shit. I didn't want to perform it no more. Right. I'm off that now. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back right. home. I've been there too. Playing man. the hits. Yeah. It's cool. I wrote those songs. They're cool. I want to keep rapping. I want right. to know them. If you want to hear them, fuck it. But you got to understand that sometimes what is played is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned earlier, going to a live performance isn't always this thing where people want to hear something new and groundbreaking mm-hmm. people are showing up to some shows to celebrate music that already exists right. it's more like a you get to celebrate the greatness of this artist mm-hmm. in a room full of people who appreciate that right that social side of it is very underestimated by some artists especially those who don't want to uh to, to play their back catalog mm-hmm. they're thinking Y'all don't want to hear that. That's old. Right. No, actually, that's why I'm here. <laughs> right. I'm here making hope. Hopefully you'll play. That. Yeah. I'd like you to play your most popular songs. Right. And it's not like people are asking you to play like random songs that you've never played live. They're just asking for 25 percent of the set is your probably most popular shit. Yes. Play those goddamn songs, man. Right. It, it ain't going to kill you. You wrote them. <laughs> right. It's not like I'm asking you to perform somebody else's songs. Right. Play your fucking songs. So, like, the songs played is very important. And there's nothing like seeing a band or group you love play the hits right then and there. And you just are like, hell. <laughs> right. Do them well. And That's do them well. Bet. Right. <laughs> Right. It'd be like it'd be like people because I don't know. I, I'm hoping and praying that he did. I'm pretty sure he did. But like when Quali was here, if he mm-hmm. didn't do get by. Right. He like, has to. He has to do that song. His catalog has to do that song at every show. Just like Brother Ali got to do Forrest Whitaker. Has to. You know what I mean? Has to. <laughs> and like Blueprint kind of has to do Big Girls Need Love too. Have or, to. Or Boombox. One or other. I got to do one. Of them. <laughs> right. Stop lying. Thousand whispers. Yeah. At every show. Yeah. At least. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? At least. And you just got to cherish it. But but sometimes I think people get it twisted. They think that, oh, man, you know, I can do what I want to do because I'm an artist and I have mm-hmm. artistic license and I know where this, this thing should be taken. And that's cool yeah. in a studio, but in a live setting, I'm saying about when people play money, unless you're like a jazz artist. Oh, yeah. Where they pay you Improv, to improv. Yeah, that's you know. part of your job description. Right. The ability to improvise and do some random shit that no one knows where the fuck is going. We're rappers, man. <laughs> right. We have a script. Yeah, yeah. Stick to the script, G. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so the songs played are very important, man. And, uh, you know, I've had, like, I remember getting to see AC alone and maybe, what year was that? 06, maybe 07? Was I, was I with you? It was in Minneapolis. Okay, nah, no. No, no, I was you. out there with a, I know I was with a girl I was dating. Okay. She got kicked out. And okay. it pissed me off. <laughs> okay. We was at First Avenue, man. Uh, she, she got too drunk. She disappeared. She's like, yeah, I'm going to go get something else to drink. I said, all right, cool. She said, you want to go? I was like, no, you know I'm here to see AC. Like, <laughs> like, I'm here. Yeah, like, this, this is, is one of my favorite rappers ever. Like, yeah, you know I've been listening down. to Book of Human Language and uh, All Balls <laughs> all week. 
I'm pumped. You already know what it is. I'm pumped up for the show. You know what I mean? I need to hear this shit. Man, I'm like five spots. This was when he was on tour with Idea. Mm, I can't yeah. remember here. That might have been 05 yeah, yeah, or 06. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they played First Avenue at the end of that tour. And I was dating a girl. And I was out there. And I was like, yo, this is perfect. I'll stay a couple extra days so I get to see Idea and AC right. play alone in First Ave. And uh, he was playing the hits. Mm. He did everything I wanted him mm. to do, bro. Oh, man. No hype, man. Was up there by itself. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Everything was crispy and clear. Yeah. Then I get this tap on my shoulder from security. Nah, bro. <laughs> hey, you know a girl named such and such? Nope. <laughs> I wanted to say that so bad. No, I don't know anyone. I have no idea what you're talking about. I came alone. <laughs> I'm here by myself. Don't you see AC alone is up there? Now, if you'll excuse me, I can watch my favorite rapper instead. Oh, man. I'm like, yeah, I know her. Who are you? Mm. They're like, oh, we had to kick her out. She was being unruly. She's outside and she needs you. You got to come get her. <laughs> Sick. Hell no, man. I was mad as fuck. Oh, man. Uh, ruined my AC moment, man. Sick. But prior to that, uh-huh. I was getting what I needed. Yeah, he was giving it to you. He was, he giving, was giving me joints. <laughs> joints after joints after joints. Man, AC was doing it, man. And uh that was my first time seeing him, man. And I, I'm I'm happy I got to see that. That's dope. Because you know, we don't get to see that much out here. Nah, we don't. We don't. I remember I was in Chicago. I had a show in Chicago. I was opening for casual. Yeah. And I had never seen casual live before. And I got we was chilling with him backstage, him and Domino. Domino was his DJ. And um he was, you know, they were smoking and we were just talking. And I was like, "Are you going?" You know, I asked him. I was like, "You got, you got to do some old joints. You're doing the yeah. old joints, right?" He was like, "He was like, I got you." He was like, I got. "Dog, he did Mio Mayo, uh, mm, man. <laughs> he did joints that I thought, like personally, I was thinking like nobody else likes these songs with me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. like he did joints from from that Fear Yourself album where I was like, I know." He not gonna do this. Did he joint. do? I didn't mean to. Of course he did. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Of course to. he did, dog. Of course he did. <laughs> that's of co- a, that's he the did. joint. I mean, he did like three or four songs off of of Fear Itself. See, and that's good. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, because Me O Mayo was one of those songs where I was like, you know, this is a filler joint, but I love this fucking song. And when yeah. it dropped, man, that's I was it. going nuts. <laughs> I was fanboying out like crazy. Like I almost felt embarrassed to go backstage yeah. after the show. <laughs> I was fanboying so much. That's dope. Yeah, man. That's how it's got to be. That's how it's supposed to be. So, yeah, that song's play. So, what does that mean if you're listening to this? That means, like, yo, think about your material. Right. Like, if you're presenting in front of people, understand that, yes, the selection of what you do, the order of what you do, and making sure that you give people what they want is paramount. It matters. That shit is of the highest priority, man. It's not just an exercise in self. And you're doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You're in that room to have a collective experience with the people who paid to see you. Mm-hmm. And what's most important, if you want to make that show special, get your song set, your song list tight. Get right. your set list in order, man. Don't bullshit, right? And uh, if you do it the right way, you can make an impact, you know, like Casual did on, on a lot of it, you know what I'm saying? Like AC Alone did on me. Right. But I, you know what? I had the same experience when I seen KRS-One for the first time. See, I have still never seen Chris I live. never got to see him until we played with them on that last Scribble Jam. Mm. Man, I was bugging. Mm. It was one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. I know every song in his catalog, oh, yeah. dog. And yeah. He is the epitome of doing the hits. Oh, yeah. He has to be. <sighs> Like he, I mean, and just watching video of Chris perform, he's one of the illest performers that I've I I, I can't wait to see him live. Ah, uh, because he's still doing, he's still rocking. He's incredible. Man. Yeah, he's incredible. So yeah, we're uh, hey, that's number six, mm-hmm. and we'll take a break. To all the artists out there who are working on new projects, I would like to let you all know that I'm officially doing guest features again. So if you're a producer who's been thinking of getting bigger names to rock over your beats, or you're an MC who's interested in collaborating on a song for your next album, reach out to me at info at printmatic.net to discuss the collaboration process and the prices. This is not a free service, so serious inquiries only. Again, that's info at printmatic.net. I look forward to hearing from you all.
Peace. Word. We back, man. Back in the building. You know, fly topics, man. Yeah, joints. I don't think people bring back mad like memories, man. Yeah. Yeah. This is so much better than just like you know. Yeah. Like just naming one show, we get to name mad different shows. Mad now. shows. This is a positive episode, man. And so, uh, you know, what makes a show special? We're up to number seven. We got mm-hmm. two more left, and number seven is something we like to call the X factor. Yeah. Now the X factor is like something that was not planned mm-hmm. that happens at a performance that you go to yeah that most of the time even the performer doesn't expect right there are certain guys who are just amazing at that yes. so like you look at a guy like supernatural oh yeah his freestyling ability <laughs> yeah he can do he can do an hour and a half of freestyling all x-factor <laughs> the whole set is x-factor all of it all unscripted all tailored to fit mm-hmm. it's the the difference between his set and someone else's set is that that X Factor thing that happens, mm-hmm. it gives him the ability to tailor that shit. It's All like right. buying a suit in a store or buying a suit in a store and getting it tailored. Right. It's two different things. Very different. You know what I'm saying? And his ability to do that gives people those moments. Oh shit, he's wrapped about my hat. Right. I didn't even, I forgot I had his hat on until he put it up in a punchline. Yeah. Right. Like we've had shows where I remember we had a show in Kalamazoo once and you might remember this because you you were with us and Rock Tight was with us. Okay. And um, there was these kids outside the window. They couldn't get in. So we started the show. They were broke. So there was like six or eight kids watching. This sounds really familiar. Yeah, they were watching through the window of this venue. I think we played like, it might have been like the, I can't remember the name of the venue. But it was, I played there a couple times. But you mm. were definitely with, with us on this show. Because I remember you were late. Because mm. you were growing with Rock Tight. Oh, okay. That's why I know you were, you were there. <laughs> Because I was playing longer because I had to play before you because uh. you didn't get there till late. And I think you ended up playing after me. But these kids were outside rocking with us when mm. we in Groove. They, but they were too broke to get in. Mm. So I'm sitting there and rapping and I'm like, yo. And the fans like, yo, yo, what up? And I'm telling them, hey, how y'all doing? I tell them, we good, we good. And I was like, you know what, man? Uh, walk around. I'm going to get all y'all in. Mm. And so in the middle of the set, you know, I walked to the door and talked to them. Yo, can we get them in? Blah, 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 whatever. We all ponied up, antied up, mm. got the money. And uh, got those kids in, and they was right in the front row, wilding out. Now, <laughs> that's dope. It's, a, it's some X Factor shit, right? Yeah. Like they totally, like I've seen those kids online talk about that. Mm-hmm. Like since then, I've seen a couple of those kids comments like, "Yo, I seen Blueprint in Kalamazoo one time. I couldn't afford to get in. He stopped showing in the middle of the set. Got everybody to pony up, got us in, and we got to watch the rest of the show. <laughs> that's dope, right? Like." those things are things you never fucking forget man Mm -hmm. you never forget those and uh it's important i understand like sometimes bad or unexpected things happen yeah and some people will have a meltdown cower under the pressure (laughs) yeah (laughs) fold like a cheap pair of slacks (laughs) you know what i'm saying but other people can kind of get it together but but what's important is that the x factor it's just it's unpredictable. Yeah, remember that show? I think we were in a, uh, I think it might have been Pittsburgh, where for some reason there was no sound there. It was the venue. The I, I don't know if the sound went out. I don't know if they just didn't have shit. I, I forget. Yeah. But me and you, we went back and forth and did acapellas for about an hour. I remember that. I remember that. That was in like Santa Cruz. Was it? Was it, was it in, in Santa Cali. Cruz? I thought it was but the in, venue. Looked the same. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It, it looked just like the Rex Theater. Yeah, in, man. In, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. The Rex Theater. But yep. yeah, like for some reason the sound it was the sound yes. out or something. Something went wrong with the, the turntables. Went bad first. Yeah. And Prism couldn't get something on the table, so we were just like, well, fuck it. Then we just had only mics. Right. Then I think only one of our mics was working. <laughs> right. And we are just like, fuck this shit. We yep. don't need none of this. Yeah. And it was just me and you going back and forth for an hour. Acapellas. Acapellas. Murdering it. Murdering it. This is back when we used to have mad raps on the mind. Mad, mad bars. <laughs> mad I couldn't do bars. that now. I don't yeah. have no raps on the mind. Nah, man. And this was before all of our shit just started. We started dropping records all the time. We had mad bars. Mad bars. Like an hour. Yeah. And no one left. People were blown away. <laughs> were yeah, blown we were away. killing it blown away so Chill many it. moments like that like there were moments when like prison was good for that oh yeah very good he would grab the mic i remember so many times in, in cincinnati he would bum rust the stage if you mm-hmm. like what was going on yeah and just start beatboxing take over and you'd be like all right he was just taking make it live <laughs> right prison was amazing super at that, live man. and yeah. uh those are the things that people remember yeah and and if you're a performer remember that everything that happens isn't a bad thing Right. Sometimes whether you can you can bounce back from those things or if you can use them, 
uh, you can create a moment that people don't forget. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that is what actually brings us to the last thing on our list. Yes. Which is number eight thing that makes a show special, which is what I will call alchemy mm-hmm. in this thing, which is the science of turning iron into gold or whatnot. Right. But if you've read the book, The Alchemist, then you understand like the the the, the main point of that book is like people are spending their whole lives looking for gold or how to turn uh, the, the scientific way to turn whatever iron into gold, mm-hmm. right? And they're looking for this person who's the alchemist who can teach them how to finally do it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the person who is really the alchemist understands that it's not necessarily about science. It's about turning the, the, the bad things in your, in your life into gold right. and, and being able to roll with and change and adapt to all these circumstances. And that's the true alchemy. Mm-hmm. It's not just someone within a, in a in a lab. It's it's a spiritual. It's a it's a recognition of everything that goes on in life and how everything is there for a reason mm-hmm. and there are no accidents. And so when it comes to performing live, the people who can perform alchemy are the people who can take those bad moments right. and turn those into classic moments. Right. And sometimes sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't. Oh, yeah. There's been some bad moments. Yeah. We've had bad <laughs> and we've had good. Right. But what's important, I think, is that we knew that we had something right we had an opportunity there mm-hmm. because you gotta understand these things happen in a split second right and it's just like what are you gonna do right yeah right what are you gonna do you don't have like 10 minutes to think oh yeah maybe i'll just let those dudes in and that'll be no <laughs> right. you're performing right this is the middle of your set and you're playing to occur you can't even see them while you're playing right. because they're out to your right for a split second you stop and think and slow down time and say you know what fuck it they should be in here mm-hmm. and then you just go <coughs> but that's what makes uh separates like a, a, a an average show mm-hmm. from a special show yeah because a special show is going to have someone who can roll with anything that happens yeah like oh my mic is dead so what right <laughs> yeah acapella yeah my beats my turntables won't come on so what yeah and me and prism used to do that shit all the time there's been many a times like i can remember one show specifically where we was performing a song and the turntables just went out i think you might have been there yeah. turntables just went out and prism started beatboxing yeah and then you know like i finished i finished the verse and shit just came back on or something like it was it's just been crazy shit like that that just fucking happened and shit just fucking works yeah yeah. you know because because you just don't give up on it oh totally and it's happened to me and groove as well like Mm -hmm. i think i told a story on here once about like how one of the last headlining shows i had in orlando Mm -hmm. the batteries in my foot pedal died oh yeah yeah and so i had to switch the mic to the house's mic this was all between i got to the first verse to the first chorus and my batteries were dead. I was like, okay, well, let me just, I passed, so I'm rhyming the first verse. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I switched the mic while halfway through the verse, I bent down, picked up the pedal, passed it the groove, in between the little pause that I had, changed those batteries, <laughs> went back to still rhyming, groove is back there, where's the batteries? And I was, I'm pointing to things for him to find the, the spare batteries. Uh, this is all within 16 bars. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's finding the batteries. I turn back around assuming it's either going to work or it ain't. Right. Who gives a fuck? I'm going right. to keep going and I think he's going to get me. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm rhyming. People are looking like, what the fuck's going on? Something's <laughs> going on here. By the time I get back to that second verse, mm. the batteries are back in there. He's handing me back the foot pedal. I'm switching the mics and I'm hitting the chorus like automatic. <laughs> and it's just just blew people the fuck away but those are the moments where you can take something bad and create something good in my career prior to that had i been in my drinking days Mm -hmm. i might have had a meltdown (laughs) right you know i had many of those oh man who's read my my, what a night book knows i'm known for the meltdown (laughs) on stage i I patented that (laughs) but once i kind of got a clearer vision i was like yo i can actually use these things as a part of the set, like you I'm don't, sorry, yeah, yeah, because you know you have vivid memory. That's why you laughing, because you know how vivid my meltdowns were. They were just epic. Oh man, they don't care about us, Prism. <laughs> they don't give a fuck about us. Why are we doing this? <laughs> we ain't shit. <laughs> I'm gonna pour this picture water on my head. <laughs> they ain't gonna care. They why? Don't give a fuck. <laughs> See, <laughs> I told you, Prism. <laughs> Oh, 
Yeah, that was probably the worst meltdown. Uh, <laughs> it literally just poured a pitcher of water on my head. It was like, see, see, <laughs> they don't care. Told you, <laughs> they don't care. They didn't care. They did not give a fuck, bruh. Oh, man. They didn't give a fuck about us, man. They just was oh, looking like, shit. what else you got? <laughs> oh, that was great. My bad. Yeah, thankfully, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> right. You right, know, right. but now I try to turn those moments into like special moments. You know what I'm saying? Because there's, once you see it, it's just like, oh, shit. Right. You know? So uh, that's number eight. Joints. All right. So we're going to read them back. Recap. You know, things that make a show special. Number one, the performer, mm. who it is. Number two, the performance. Number three, the location of the venue. Number four, the event. Number five, the crowd. Number six, the songs played. Number seven, the X Factor, which is weird random shit. And then number eight, alchemy. You know, your ability to take something bad and turn it into something good. Yeah. And uh, that's what makes the show special. Word. You know, shout out to Bru Lee for the topic suggestion. Nice. And uh, we want to thank y'all for rocking with us. And uh, see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. <laughs>